This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you so much for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. Just a reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and these conversations with the artists you love, it would mean the world if you subscribed and followed on the podcast platform of your choice. Also, you can follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things Psychic Warfare. This week, I am joined by Gabriel Franco, vocalist, guitarist, and frontman for Unto Others, a band that has been making massive waves that started on the back of their incredible single, When Will God's Work Be Done, off their last record, Strength, which dropped last September. From there, it's been a torrent of glowing reviews, relentless touring, including a massive one that just finished with Behemoth and Arch Enemy over in Europe, and a mystique around their incredibly gloomy, gothic, passionate, and insanely catchy songwriting talent. They're absolutely one of the best-kept secrets in the metal world, but being on Roadrunner Records and with the proverbial wind at their back now, I don't think that that's going to be the case for too much longer. Gabe, welcome to Psychic Warfare, and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So how are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically, and spiritually? Um, physically, a lot better. I'm back from tour, so I've had about five days to sleep. I feel a lot better physically. Uh, mentally, same, you know, and uh, spiritually, I don't know. You know, uh, I think those are tied into physical and mental um, stability as well. So, you know, I think the triangle is uh, solid. I'm doing all right, you know. And I'm curious, you know, what was your spiritual upbringing like? Like, did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith or was spirituality something personal that you developed and discovered over time on your own? Oh, I mean, I'm not a super spiritual person, to be honest with you. Um, I, uh, I grew up in an atheist household. My dad was a Buddhist, but very lightly. He's just, he's from Vietnam. And so he, uh, he had some Buddhist background and that kind of tied over, but we never talked about any of that. Um, just being a kid growing up in America, you know, half America is Christian. And so I did have friends that went to church. Pretty much all my best friends went to church every Sunday. And part of the contingency of staying at their houses on Saturday night would be going to church on Sunday morning. You can't stay over unless you go to church, which right. as an adult now, <laughs> I, I find pretty fucked up. Um, but uh, whatever, I did it. And um, uh, I was down with church until I was like 12. And um, it was uh, the pastor and some of the older ladies at the church were making fun of some guy for wearing a T-shirt that was that said skin on it. Right. It was like a clothing company back right. in the early 2000s. And that's when I realized I was like, these people fucking suck. You're like, I'm out. <laughs> um, I left. Yeah, yeah. So um, since then, it's just been a slow decline. It's crazy how insidious the ideas actually are and can eke their way into your brain. Because I wasn't even comfortable saying I don't believe in God or the Christian God until I was probably in my early 20s. And even then, it was still like, okay, well, just in case, you know, I'm just going to yeah, talk to the man upstairs for a sec, be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I'm just, a, it's, it wasn't until my mid-20s that I was like, I, no, I fully, fully, fully do not believe in any of this. So I guess the devil has his talent. <laughs> Absolutely, I guess so, but in a, in a, in a good way, I guess. 
saved you from a lot of uh, a lot of being made fun of for wearing skin t-shirts um yeah you know i saw in an interview you did with overdrive that you had a really interesting statement you said that you like absolutes and i'm curious i wanted to dive into that statement because when you mean that or when you say that it's an interesting question to ponder as to whether there truly are any absolutes in life aside from death ironically but yeah. i mean in terms of beliefs concepts things that we assign meaning to do you think there really are any true absolutes or absolute truths in life? Or does our own subjective truth, is that something that's kind of absolute, the, the subjectivity of the universe? Do you think that there should be there should be absolutes that we haven't established between one another and within ourselves? Uh, well, there's like six questions there. But, <laughs> uh, but no, um, I, I believe uh, you kind of mentioned it, the subjectivity of our absolutes, right? So because we can believe anything is like 100% means that um, I believe that everything is open to your own interpretation. And because everything's open to your own interpretation, everything exists and there, therefore it does not exist at the same time. So you give value to everything in life. Um, it, you, it's up to you to decide how much things are worth, uh, including, you know, life, death, whatever. It's up to each person to decide what matters and what does not matter. Um, as for the absolutes I was talking out about in that interview, that was more of, uh, I guess what I should have said is, I like things getting close to absolutes or extremes, mm. right? Right. So with that, you know, I'm thinking about life, death, um, violence, suicide, uh, war, uh, religion, sadness, depression, all this Heavy things. shit, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, cool shit interesting <laughs> shit. um so yeah it's uh, you know that's that's kind of what it was it's just mm. like this stuff i find interesting much more interesting than i don't know fucking buying a new coffee table or something or, yeah. uh, you know um we the day-to-day -day drudgery yeah. sweaters you know like no no shame on that you know i'm just saying i, I don't write songs about right. clothing so. You're not you're not down with the clothing songs. I got you. I got yeah, you. even though that's a love song, but still. Uh, right, right. But hey, no, I I totally get now that you're phrasing it that way. I totally get what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. And you've objected many times in the past when people bring up like kind of the nihilistic nature of your music and that you point yourself more towards just like you like you just said, the general aesthetics of what's going on of in your yeah. lyrical content than anything else. But there, to me, there is such a mystique about songs like Don't Waste Your Time or It Doesn't Really Matter to me in the sense that they can be read as literal pleas to like, listen, like make every fucking second of your life count. Like you get one go around, like just make it count and live as fully as possible instead of worrying about an afterlife or God or sin or anything like that. Or it can be read as kind of the pure nihilism of just like, you know what? Fuck it. Do whatever you want. Worry, be hedonistic. Nothing matters anyway. You know, one of those has a very positive connotation and the other more negative, but do you feel that there's a sense of freedom in that kind of nihilistic philosophy point of view in life? Or do you, which side do you take more comfort in? No, uh, neither. Um, when I was younger, it was the more nihilistic side. As I get right. older, um, I've kind of wised up a bit and realized that, you know, it's the positive side a little bit more. But at the end of the day, it goes back to your last question about absolutes. And the fact of the matter is that you, like I said, you give value. You can decide what a waste of time is, right? Yep. You can decide uh, whether if sitting on the couch all day is your bag, then it wasn't time wasted, right? Whereas yep. to somebody else, it might be. So ultimately, you give a value to your life. And that's kind of what the song It Doesn't Really Matter is about. It, it, and there's two sides to both. I like the double entendres. You know, I like song titles having multiple meanings. 
because this band really is a black and white life and death band. That's our theme. Good, evil, life, death, black, white. So it's open to interpretation. I just want more than anything people to think about it. That's about it. Yeah. I don't even know if I want that, to be honest. <laughs> to be frank, I, I don't really fucking care. Um, <laughs> it will, you know, uh, that's just what I'm thinking. And if you identify with it, great. I'm glad there's and somebody out there like me. Off that back, you know, off of strength, you know, on the song, why you ask, why should I love my fellow man? And in essence, you're questioning why we suffer. And I'm, yeah. I was doing research and, you know, there's a research, there's a Nietzsche quote where he says, the highest values devalue themselves. The aim is lacking and why finds no answer. I'm talking about kind of a nihilistic point of view. And Goethe wrote that all that is mortal is but a symbol. I mean, that's how they describe the nihilistic feeling of life. But inside yourself, have you found a personal answer to what you're asking in that song when you say, why should I love my fellow man? Why should we love one another in your point of view? Um, well, <laughs> that, that's uh, another thing that's completely open to interpretation. I can't comment on these uh, super philosophical quotes. I know Nietzsche is like a total nihilist. All my black metal friends are obsessed with him back in the day. But um, for me, as I've gotten older, the key to life has been become balance. I think that's the only true answer. I think uh, the universe and everything is a cyclical circle orb shaped nothingness. There's no there's there's no uh, reason. There's no answer. But because there is no answer, that means there is an answer. You give purpose to whatever it is you're doing. Uh we're existing simultaneously while not existing. Because if there's no beginning or end, how can it be, right? Can you really grasp onto the moment? Is there actually a present? Is there a future? Is there a past? As, you know, that these are all the things that people ponder every day. To me, life is just balance. To circle back real quick, I, one of my favorite descriptions of the purpose of the universe comes from Alan Watts. I'm a big Alan Watts fan. You know, he often asks the question, why survive? Like, what's the point to surviving? And his reconciliation through the study of Eastern philosophy was that our purpose is is to play and that the universe itself plays. And that <laughs> since we're, yeah, we're tied, like the, we and the universe are tied as one. We have the same purpose. He would say, like, existence in life, it's a dance. Like, what's the point of a dance? There is yeah. no point of a dance except to dance. The yeah. purpose is just the dance itself. It doesn't mean that that, you know, makes the ills and the shitty things that happen in our life less painful, but yeah. it's kind of a viewpoint shift, like you're talking about, from pain to just acceptance and a, a sense of flow. I mean, how do you feel about that notion? Do you think that provides a certain sense of, I guess you could use the word comfort, but to think about life that way? No, I think that's a beautiful description of life. And I didn't think it was going to be this kind of interview, but I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a uh, no. You, that's I've the vibe we go for, man. <laughs> I really, I really like that description. I, I do. Uh, that that makes more sense to me than anything else. You know. Like, yeah, and he talks about he talks about music too. He's like, if music, if the point of music was to get somewhere, then like conductors would just conduct the fastest or you'd write the fastest song imaginable. You'd be writing to yeah. get the song done as soon as possible. <laughs> the, the point is the kind of the experience of the song. It's just as it is, as it exists, yeah. which yeah, I think yeah. is, it's kind of comfort. It is kind of comforting in a way, yeah. but I wanted to ask, you know, in your mind with your own writing, what songs do you feel you wrote less out of a sense of catharsis, like just getting kind of emotions out and more of a sense of wanting to express your own personal beliefs? Like I see a song like When Will God's Work Be Done as a song that you are expressing how you feel about killing for religious beliefs over and over again. So are there other songs you could pinpoint? You're like, okay, I was definitively trying to express a belief in this song. 
that no no that that song I, i'm not some kind of like anti-war anti uh anything kind of okay. guy i i don't really like to express politics very much i know god's work that one came out as a little bit political because i am asking that question when will god's work be done but that was actually a personal question for the character in the story it's sung from the perspective of this uh, commander who's slaughtering all these people and he's asking himself when will god's work be done when will my work be done um it's not necessarily me as the singer saying right when will God's work be done making fun of religion or anything like that? It was from, the, it's supposed to be from the mind of this psychopath basically. So, and yeah, and that song in particular was inspired by the My Lai massacre in Vietnam mm. in the sixties. Uh, but right. uh, more than anything, I was just like hung over as shit one day, right? <laughs> I was like, Oh, this sounds badass, you know? And so that that's sometimes, like you said, playing, right? So I, I was just like, oh, that sounds cool. As just fun. riffing. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah, you know, like I watch a lot of war movies and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a nerd for like Lord Same of the here, Rings, Predator and Terminator and all that shit. So anything where it's got explosions and some badass shooting. Hell up, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So love it. Uh, that's probably why our fan base is 80% male. is is there a song that that you're like okay this was a deliberate attempt to like get a belief out is there one that's like that or is it all kind of just like we're just riffing man we're just having fun oh no yeah i don't i don't really have anything to say that's actually been the problem uh for the past like 10 years i don't i don't feel like my opinion is worth much to be honest with you uh it's not that i don't believe in myself or have any uh strong opinionated stances i just don't have anything that I don't have anything to say that I feel like hasn't already been said. said. And I know there's, yeah, there's gaggles of young people who are still waiting to hear about some fucking, you know, philosophical thing that's been done a million times. Like, you know, like, like they say, you know, there's a 12 year old who's discovering master of puppets every day. Right. But like, when it comes to that stuff, I'm like, I I just, for me, if it's not unique to me, then I'm not really interested Mm -hmm. in saying it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. I'm curious, the last main question I have for you is how do you feel about the importance of memory? Because you seem to write a lot, again, it could be through the lyrical eye of your characters that you're writing about it, but you do seem yeah. to write a lot about this feeling of attempting to recapture something in life, but it, it goes beyond kind of a sense of nostalgia. It's more about when I listen, the kind of simultaneous like torment and joy of recalling memories with someone after a heartbreak or loss. I mean, how have you personally reconciled? Have you personally reconciled and dealt with this experience in your life? Do you think that memory is one of the most important aspects of our lives? Because looking through the lens of it's the one thing that can truly crystallize our past and bring it to our present. Yeah, memory is uh, important. And I think it's it's probably one of the most important things we have, um, short and long-term memory is uh, what defines our ability to basically exist the way we do in a society. For example, I couldn't write a song without short-term memory. Um, it would be impossible. You, you're writing a riff, uh, something, you'd forget it in a second, right? Yeah, memory is a very tricky thing. Um, I don't know. I've always been a very nostalgic person. I, I, I try to get over it. I, 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 you know, I've, I've tried many times to be like, all right, but for some reason, you know, I, I always have the past in rose-colored glasses. It's a powerful you know, drug, I, isn't it? Yeah. Even if I remember, you know, all the shitty things, I just go, oh, wasn't that beautiful? Oh, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that pretty? Wasn't that a good time? Yeah. And I think that about the present, too. But it's just for some reason that, it, yeah, 
it's it's always i it's more of when i think about it and i go where did the time go and i have this uh this existential dread that hits me pretty much <laughs> yeah once twice three times a week it's always at night and it's like i'm speeding towards death right and like for example i just did a 47 day tour and when i left because i've done 20 tours in my life 21 something like that mm. When I left, I go, all right, I'm going to snap my fingers and I'm going to be right back in this airport coming home. And it will be like none of this ever happened. And sure as shit, when I landed, I got back to Portland. Right. I was like, there you go. Well, snap my fingers. Like, I'm, I'm back already and it's all over. And that's not the big problem. The big problem for me is I think that it's going to be the exact same way when I'm dying right on my death like your life is going to be over in the snap of a finger exactly exactly and it's like is this time even really happening at all how do i stretch it out how do i make it last longer how do i enjoy mm -hmm. it how do i capture the moment and then realizing that there's really nothing i can do and that when i do die and when all of us die it's going to be with some sense of sadness and that sucks because i feel like you should be able to be happy when in your last moments but more often than not it's sadness and that's yeah. fucked up it's a it's you a trick it is a tricky thing to accomplish in life and that's kind of a lot of people's goal but hey i respect yeah. that answer first up is tomes of wisdom or each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year and these can be books films games comics you know anything that's made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way so gabe what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest mm -hmm. Uh, in the past year you say yeah past year if you can if you can recall okay so yeah i i read this book called man's search for meaning victor was, frankel yeah yeah that one's it's pretty famous yeah and so that that was you know that's about the holocaust survivor you know that one's pretty fucked up and then um we have uh i don't know i got a, I, all my books are weighing down some posters i'm trying to flatten out right now <laughs> um i'm sure there's been more you know like i'm trying to think what have i been reading i've been reading the neil perk travels on the healing road mm. about his journey through uh you know the states and south america on his motorbike after his wife and kids died right wife and daughter but um that one's been pretty interesting um you know i i it's weird because you can find philosophical meaning in almost anything um, I'll talk about these points, uh, you know, things all the time. Uh, all my friends always tell me to shut up. My family members too. You know, <laughs> like, they say I, I talk too much. Um, but, uh, but you know, a lot of times people will be like, Gabe, how do you know that? Or wh where'd you hear that from? And I'm like, dude, the Simpsons, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true though. Uh, Where's like, the lie? You, you can get serious, deep philosophical and like, you know, uh, important knowledge from things that people might write off as stupid or dumb. I, I grew up watching sitcoms and that's where I've learned like 90% of the things I know, you know, and so yeah. it's just like, not 90, but a lot, you know, like a lot. Yeah. And that's um, nothing new, man. I mean, that goes back to like Shakespeare, like the Falstaff character, the fool character is usually like the smartest fucking guy in the play and like spouts yeah. off the, yeah, you know. Of course, it's everybody's perspective. I, I've, you know, that's been one of the biggest irritants in my entire life is running into people who think I'm stupid, right? And I don't think I'm a genius or anything, but I know I'm not fucking dumb. I think about things. I ponder things, blah, blah. I ponder my orb. 
um <laughs> pondering the orb yeah yeah but uh, uh i i've ran i you, you run into these i would you know so-called normie people sometimes where you try to crack a joke with them and because you're joking they think you're dumb or something or because you're being a goofball or maybe drinking too much beer or something they they start oh this guy's a fucking moron and they start treating you as such and that, you're just that's like trying to have fun man yeah i'm like you're stupid for not being able to have a laugh you know what i mean i think laughter is the most important thing we can do oh yeah uh, agree so anyways i'm trailing off here no no that's i don't have a third you, book right now i don't have a third media but hey that's I'm, okay I'm, we've had we've I'm had ones we've had twos it's all good no i totally agree with you laughter is it is kind of the ultimate grounding tool you know, yeah. you got to be able to laugh at yourself. You got to be able to not take life and yourself too seriously, you know, yeah. or else you'll fucking lose your mind. <laughs> yes. yes exactly. um, so the last segment that we have here is called the chaser. So in the chaser, we ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest. We ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less, although, you know, that time okay. frame can, can vary. So are you yeah. ready, Gabe? Yeah. Do you believe in fate or free will and why? Uh, no, um, I believe, like I said, that we give, um, purpose to everything we do um damn 30 seconds to answer this this is a big question um <laughs> i could i could elaborate but free will it's like you know am i supposed to if i move my hand here because i could move in infinite directions because i could do literally anything with my body means that anything that i do do was pre predestined to happen if that makes sense right yeah so um, because I could take this bass guitar here and throw it through my computer and stop talking to you. And then after that, I could like pour pudding on it and eat <laughs> the glass shards and then go shit in the street. Or I could just like rub this coin next to my desk. Like I could do anything. Endless right? permutations. yeah, Any fucking thing. But because there's endless permutations, whatever I do is the only thing that could have happened. That's my view on free will. Mm. So, you have the free will to do anything you were supposed to. Wow. Right? Nice answer. Very Hey, <laughs> No, that's a great. I love that. That's a great answer. So next one, what is a stronger force in the world? Love or hate and why? Uh, everyone says cliche love. Everyone says cliche hate, dude. I don't know. This is something I haven't really thought about a lot, but whenever I don't know the answer to something, I usually gravitate towards the center. You know, they say love always wins, but does it? I think that every once in a while, love wins every once in a while hate wins they're winning simultaneously yeah. at the same time and that win loss ratio creates a balance that we need because right. love can turn to hate and hate can turn to love there's a fine line if you go too far in either direction it can turn into the opposite of what it was supposed to yeah, be no shade without light right exactly it's just good and evil so you need I, I, unfortunately, I think, and maybe a, a bunch of people will disagree with me, but I think that you need both in order to be centered and in order to keep things running in a purposeful, meaningful way. Great. Also great answer. This might be a short one, this next one. Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Well, that's a good question. I don't really like, uh, I don't really like um, idolizing people, to be honest mm. with you, yep. but um, I would say I, I, I have a very high respect for the thoughts and lyrics of Neil Peart from Rush. I uh, I would say my dad, and probably second, because he's just got a very he's got a strong moral compass. And uh, you know, third, man, like I said, I don't really. It could totally be you. Follow. 
Yeah, maybe Homer Simpson. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer, though. I love that answer, to be honest yeah. with you. So yeah. what was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? And I don't necessarily mean in a traditional spiritual context, but maybe a place where you just felt a sense of awe growing up. Probably a uh, spiritual place. Hmm. It's a good question. It really is. Um, I, I, as a kid, I really enjoyed, uh, my summers at, uh, Camp Parsons as a Boy Scout camp and, uh, hmm. Diamond Lake, um, which are, you know, there are lakes in Oregon and, and I was going to say, I'm assuming near Portland. Yeah, no, well, Diamond Lake's about four hours South and oh, okay. Parsons is about three hours North, but, um, yeah, it's just like my time in the woods. I spent a lot of time, uh, camping as a child. I'd camp probably, it was every at one one weekend a month, and then in the summers, like the whole summer, basically with my family. So a lot of days, I'd say a month worth of camping every year at least. And so that, that getting away and kind of having that perspective really helped. Being out in the woods, just looking at the stars and and being able to wonder about everything, um, kind of feel the insignificance of myself, and uh, you know, and just be bored. You know, yeah. and, and having the ability to be there bored and then my brain filling in the, the time. Yeah, just literally having time to just exist or just be, just yeah. exist yes. in the world. Yeah. So what is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month and where was it? <laughs> in the last month? Well, the last month I've been in Europe. Hopefully some good opportunities for some good food there at some point. Yeah, well, uh, we had catering every day. I didn't go uh, out. And the catering was almost the same thing every fucking day, actually. So... Um, there wasn't anything in particular that stuck out. I mean, I'm not knocking the catering. It was fine. But um, there wasn't anything in particular that stuck out. I can remember like best meal I've had in the last year. I had some sushi in Denver. Oh, okay. That counts. This place called Go Fish that I was like, and it was funny enough. I was sick too. And it still was like really Still solid. banging sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. When was the last time you felt lost? Oh, 2017. I had just left. It was like, yeah, 2017. My band had just dissolved and I was trying to decide whether I should continue on with, uh, with music or not. And, uh, I really couldn't decide. I was like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I was 26 and I was like, um, well, fuck. I put seven years <laughs> of my life into music already i didn't go to college i have no real job i i just like i've been a basically a janitor parks worker maintenance cleaner guy for seven years and i was like well why the fuck would i start over now i have seven years worth of knowledge in this field let's just do it right this time and so i started this band and, and that's Rest that. is history yeah yep. do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why <laughs> Um, I don't think the universe cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't be chaos necessarily that it doesn't care. I think it, it's another um, example of a balance because complete chaos would be no gravity, right? Yep. So everything, all the stars and things would just fly around and there would be no stars actually because all the particles would just bump away from each other and it would just be a fucking mess and nothing would exist except for a bunch of elements yeah. flying around in the void. Right. Right. Um, but because gravity exists, which I would call order, things cluster together and want to be near each other. So, you know, they're, they're near each other, but they're also going on their yeah. own paths and flying away. But it's more like the universe bends as it should bend. There you go. 
yeah. <laughs> that, that that's kind of what I'm what at least that's what I think you're you're getting at. Yeah, no, yeah, that works. I just uh, I, like I, there's always a medium. It's never one way or the other, in my opinion. Yeah, and if what, it is, it's wrong. You know, usually. <laughs> what is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to, and why? And this doesn't have to be literally a physical thing. It can be like a, a trait from your childhood or something like that. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, probably a quote from my dad. There's a couple. Um. You know, Gabriel, you have to understand how your actions affect your life, you know, that kind of thing. Very uh, dad wisdom. Yeah, he was, uh, see, I'm not Vietnamese, but my dad is. Um, he, I call him my dad. He's my, he raised me. So like, and he's this very stoic, buff, six foot tall, six and a half foot tall, you know, Vietnamese man with like long silver hair and, you know, Gabriel you need to come eat your dinner, you know, that kind of <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, uh, that's how I was I'm not right. crossing your dad anytime soon. Oh no, he's the nicest guy ever. Uh, but yeah, like, that he's great. But there was a lot of, uh, of discipline and uh, that, I think that's where I got my interest in philosophy from, to be honest, even though I don't even know if my dad has an interest in philosophy, he doesn't really talk about it, mm. but there's something in there <laughs> and it comes out every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I where you. I get all that. But yeah, like, you know, you have to understand how the action or your, the decisions you make affect your life. And, and uh, that was probably the most important piece of information I got because it's so stupid if you think about it. It's so like, well, yeah, duh. Uh, thanks, dad. But when you really apply it and you think about it and you yep. go, ah, it's I need Star to Wars, man, about what I say and do. It's because Star Wars, man. Qui-Gon says your focus determines your reality. There you go. Yeah. Everything has a ripple, man. First I thought you were going to say everything has a Star Wars connection. I was like, that's that probably true, but... Uh, yeah, well, everything has a... Uh, yeah, everything has an everything connection. That's man. true. Everything <laughs> is connected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you probably answered this question, too, in your last question, but what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times? Oh, man. Well, not, not that one, but uh, uh, in dark times... Um, you know, I don't really say it, but probably something along the lines of this too shall pass. Mm. You're not the first person to give that answer. So nice. Yeah. Any, anytime life just sucks. Like um, we were in Paris or we were, we were going to France on this last tour and they wouldn't let me cross the border because I didn't have some papers. I had to go back to England. Damn. And I remember spending the whole day crossing back and forth and back and forth Jesus across the English, across the English Channel and fucking ferries. Right from 6 a.m. till uh, 10 p.m. is like we were just going God back to get this shit done. And I remember thinking that all day, just like, I will blink my eyes and this shit will be over and I will be in yeah. Paris. What a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff. So last one to everyone who has ever been touched by your words and music. What do you say? Um, good, I guess. Um, you know, it's it's I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that they they um, appreciate it. Like, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I'm offering up some fucking any new ideas here. I just think I'm offering them in a palatable way for people who enjoy this kind of music. I don't consider myself to be like some kind of fucking lyrical genius or anything like that. I'm just saying what I feel like and trying to have fun while doing it. So if someone's getting, uh, you know, some kind anything out of the music, good for them. As, as for me, um, 
I'm hoping to get something out of it too. So it's not a completely uh, selfless endeavor. Gabe, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.